Welcome to Martha Runs the World, a podcast with a new take on running, fitness, and all things health-oriented. I'm Martha Hughes, your host, and each week I present a new topic that is of interest to all runners. Hi, and welcome to episode 125 of Martha Runs the World. My guest today is Pete Peterson. He's a runner. He's been running for a long time. And he's going to talk about his running. He filmed something that was very cool. And he showed it in a running group I'm in. And I wanted to talk to him about it. So I'll talk to him in a little bit. I wanted to bring up that I when I introduce him, his name gets a little garbled. It's a little distorted. So when I introduce him, it is Pete Peterson. So I do apologize for that. So that'll come up in a little bit. How are you doing? I am doing okay. Things are going just fine. Stick around for Tales of the Trail. I have a couple stories that I want to talk to you a little bit about. Nothing life-shattering or news-breaking or anything like that, but we'll, we'll discuss it after the interview. But things are sw- going along swimmingly, as they say. And I'm just preparing for October. I know it's four months away, but it will get there definitely. I hope your running is doing well. Oh, and and I also will talk a little bit about, after the interview, I have new buffs. So I will talk about that in a little bit after the interview. But first, here is my interview with Pete Peterson. Will, you welcome to the show, runner uh, Pete Peterson. Hi, Pete. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Doing great. So let's start at the beginning. When did you get started running? Yeah, I, you know, I, I believe I started running almost a little over 10 years ago uh, is when I really actively started running. Okay. And how did that come about? Well, I retired from the Air Force in 2007. And a couple of years after that, I kind of realized that I was gaining some weight and uh, wasn't living the the healthiest lifestyle. And I got up one day and said I needed to make some changes. And I decided that I would set a goal of running a marathon. And I, and I believe that was in January of, oh, it would have been 2011, I think is when it was. And and uh, I ended up running uh, a marathon in September of, of 2011 and lost about 52 pounds. That was what I think I lost. So that's that was my goal was to lose weight. Very cool. Very cool. So so the running in the military didn't sit with you, right? Well, you know, I, <laughs> I, I ran and I stayed active when I was in the military. And when I got out, I pretty much just neglected all of my physical activity <laughs> yeah yeah well it yeah. isn't fun running it, it when you do it in there you know you're forced Correct. to do it <laughs> forced to do it. You're exci- I, I did it because i had to <laughs> exactly exactly so when did you find out how amazing trail running was oh you know that's a that's a really great question so all of my running when i started running was running on the sidewalks and the roads and I, it kind of consumed me, and I, I think I was running probably three or four years of just kind of 
running a couple of races, marathons, half marathons, roads, and I got burnt out. It just got tiring. It got monotonous and I, and I, it just wasn't fun anymore. And then I decided that um, I had the opportunity. I joined a running club, a very kind of, it was an international running club, but based out of Missouri. And they had an event there where you would run back in, in, in Southern Missouri. And I decided to do that. And, and it was trail running, running kind of trails and water crossings and, and through brush and briars. And I fell in love with it. So that was probably 2000. Oh, 15 or 16. And once I started running trails and I've never looked back. Yeah. It's, it's, it's different. It, it's like the opening scene of sound and music, you know, you found this <laughs> amazing scene. It's like, yay, where have you been all my life? <laughs> so true. That is a, that is a great example. I love that. It's true though. It is. It's like, yes. I, I, I know I've been running, I had been running streets all my life. And then all of a sudden I find trails and I go, where have you been? Yes. <laughs> well, you know, you lose. What's interesting is, is the roads and sidewalks and things like that. It's the scenery and everything's the same. Whereas running trails, you don't know what's over the next hill, what's around the next corner and through this and through that. So there's always that, that yearning for what's over the hill. And I love that perspective. Me too. I really do. And then you and you don't have to worry about cars or 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 it, it's just you don't you don't have the 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 sound of traffic. You you have the wind rustling in the trees yes. and and birds and and it's it's just so remarkable. Or or where I live near the ocean, you have the sound of the the boy on on the waves dinging, or or the sound of the waves itself. And it's just it, it's just so nice. And it just clears out the mind. It does, you know, and I, after running roads for about a year, I started wearing headphones to dry out, drown out the, the traffic and the, and the city noise. And, and then when I started running trails, I've never wore headphones one time. I love the birds and the sound of the wind blowing through the pines and things like that. So, um, just the sound of nature alone with running, you, you mix those two together and it, and it just results in just such an amazing experience. It does. It does. It's it's a movie meditation. It really is. I love it. That, that's what yeah. I say, too. Movie meditation yep. is what it is. Absolutely. So you live in Colorado, right? Correct. Okay. So what you you stuck around there after you went to the um, – you were in the Air Force at, what, Colorado Springs? Yeah. So I traveled the world for 20 years. I've lived okay. all over the world. and lots of really cool places and lots of deployments. And, and I got assigned to the Air Force Academy in 2005 and from California. And uh, I was on the coast of California at Vandenberg, near, north of Santa Barbara. And uh, once I got to Colorado, I just fell in love with it. I just loved everything about Colorado, the low humidity, the, the four seasons, but kind of mild seasons, the, the cooler temperatures, um, mountain lakes, the mountains, the just pretty much everything Colorado just kind of resonated with me. And when I had the opportunity to retire in 2007, after 20 years, I said, I'm done moving. And I stayed right here and, uh, been, been here since, ever since, and since 2005. Wow. Yeah. And the pictures that you put out on Facebook are just absolutely beautiful they it's just so remarkable the mountains and except this morning though i don't know if i'd like that that frost so much <laughs> you know, 
we got some snow this morning and oh. uh, and you know I'm originally from Wisconsin so the uh, the winters here in Colorado are mild compared to Wisconsin <laughs> so when 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 you get a little snow in May this is easy stuff <laughs> see it's like no I'll, I'll take the heat you <laughs> know thank you <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a California girl I, I don't I don't much I mean I like snow for maybe like a couple weeks yeah you know, it's yeah. nice and pretty it's nice and pretty and then <laughs> then I want it gone <laughs> I hear you <laughs> but yeah you know, it's it's rough though because we haven't had a, a, any races I, I, have you had any races yet or or are they still are they still uh, not there yet yeah, so you know we've been blessed with uh, with some races being open. Uh, last year, do, during the COVID nineteen, we were fortunate that Pikes Peak continued on. So I've been running the Pikes Peak races. Um, I think I've run thirteen Pikes Peak races over the years. I've, I've, I'm one of the crazy runs that we, we refer to as the doubler. We run the Pikes Peak Ascent on Saturday and then the Pikes Peak Marathon on Sunday. Mm. So I've done that five years in a row. Um, and that's just a brutal weekend of vertical gain and trail running. And it's just, it's, it's misery, but, but joy all at the same time. So last year, um, we didn't have the uh, benefit of running the Pikes Peak Ascent mainly because of COVID-19 and the shuttling down was just logistically just not possible, but they did have the Pikes Peak Marathon. So I ran that last year, uh, which was awesome. And uh, ran the Pikes Peak Ultra, which was an ultra race uh, uh, around Pikes Peak, uh, 31 miles with a lot of vertical gains. So I did some good running last year. And uh, this year, I'll probably kind of do some of the same things. I'll run Pikes Peak Ascent. I'll run uh, uh, Leadville Heavy Half Marathon. I'll run Imogene Pass and Telluride. And, um, and looking forward to kind of the season ahead. Very cool. So when did you start filming your runs and your races? Oh, you know, (laughs) (laughs) I probably started doing that a couple of years after I started trail running, mainly because there's kind of a a mystery of trail running, uh, misunderstandings of, you know, people not knowing what trail running is really about. So I, I decided just to kind of, you know, take pictures and do some video clips of trail running. You know, when I ran roads, I never did that because everything seemed to be based on time and pace. I was so fixated on my pace. And when I run mountain trails, I am not fixated on pace and time whatsoever. Everything's really about kind of feel what my heart rate is in the scenery. So I don't mind stopping and taking pictures. And and I kind of just you know, found the joy of running and the joy of running kind of supersedes my finish times, my paces, none of that really matters. It, it, it's really about getting out there and enjoying um, the mountain trails and kind of sharing that love with, uh, with other people on social media. Yeah. Yeah. That's a big difference. In, unless you're like in a race, you're chasing time limits in a race or something like that. There's no reason not to film it. So uh, the what what attracted me what I the reason why I wanted you on the show was because of the the film that you did of your solo uh, rim to rim to rim or or R three as it's called it was really good to watch was that something you had planned for a while? So you know, <laughs> great question. Uh, so I'd run. Um, so my daughter has been to a lot of my races. My daughter is in her mid twenties right now, 
and she had went to s- several of my races when she was younger as as a as a fan and, and and as a daughter and she'd always have banners and things like that and she started running a couple of years ago and she came up with this crazy idea of going to the grand canyon and running rim to rim which is about 24 miles basically from the what we did is a north rim to the south rim and we did that about a year and a half ago and uh absolutely had the best dad daughter time we could ever have we enjoyed our time we had so much fun lots of laughter we shed a few tears things like that um but once it was done i i I felt like i really wanted to come back and do the rim to rim to rim which is the out and back and uh i had that desire uh, about a year ago, I wanted to do it last year, but it was really tough to do with the COVID-19 protocols. So I kind of didn't do anything regarding running. I just kind of ran one or two you know, races. And then on a whim earlier this year, I decided that I wanted to do a solo unsupported. And uh, I basically just kind of got my hotel room and just kind of planned it a month or two in advance and, and did it on my own. How, when did you head out there? What time in the morning did you start? Cause it was pretty dark. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I, you know, I had a plan of, uh, I, th- I thought I would start about four o'clock in the morning and, uh, I set my, I went to, to sleep and, uh, of course rolled around. If any of you know, if you're planning either a race or a big run, you don't get a good night's sleep the night before. Yep. And that's exactly what happened. Um, I set, I think I went to sleep. I tried to go to sleep around 10 o'clock at night and I set the alarm for about three 30 and I woke up every hour. I think <laughs> I woke, woke up 11, 12, one, and I woke up at two and I couldn't go back to sleep after about two o'clock. So about two fifteen, I got my stuff. I think <laughs> I was out the door by two 30 or two 45. I drove I was about 15, 20 minutes from the trailhead and I drove to the trailhead and I got there a little after three in the morning and I got outside my car and it really hit me like, am I really doing this? Is this, (laughs) what am I doing? Do I have, do I have the nutrition? Do I have the hydration? Do I have everything that I need to run almost 50 miles with about 12,000 feet of vertical gain? And one, one lady who I parked and she got out of her car and there was only one other person. She said, excuse me, are you Ryan? I said, no, I said, I'm not Ryan. She said, oh, I was looking for Ryan because he's shuttling me to another trailhead. And she says, are you running this from here by yourself? And I said, yeah. And and then it really hit me like, am I really doing this? Is it possible? <laughs> <laughs> I think self-doubt always kind of creeps in before we do something a little bit crazy and that self-doubt really creeped in for about five minutes and i and i just had to battle that feeling of i don't know if i can do this or not we'll be right back hey quick question for you are you someone who wants to be fit healthy and happy and what if i told you you could get your dream body by simply just listening to a podcast i'm josh and i'm kg and we are the hosts of the fit healthy and happy podcast listen we get it fitness isn't easy carbs no carbs just stop okay it doesn't have to be that complicated and that's why we made this podcast we get straight to the facts so you can become your best you so the way to check us out is click the link in the show notes or search fit healthy and happy podcast on any of the major podcast platforms we'll see you soon 
Yeah, yeah, I bet. So, so what time of year did you do that? Yeah, so I did that last month. I did it in April. Okay, that was a good time uh, of year so then, you know, because it's a good time of year. Yeah, but the problem the problem with doing it in April, so when you do rim to rim to rim, um, you have to you have to really make sure you've done the training, but you also have to plan logistically because um, the water um, areas that normally are open throughout the summer are, are shut off because of the water freezes down there. Oh. So you have to plan to make sure you have enough water with you. And when you get to the North Rim, that's closed to the public. So a lot of people who go from the South Rim to the North Rim, they stop there and then they get a shuttle or get a friend to drive them back. Mm-hmm. In April, you don't have that option. The only option you have is to turn around and come back. So you're going out 24 miles of brutal, you know, vertical gain, your vertical loss, you know, you different temperatures, you get to the other side only to turn around and do the exact same thing. So mentally it's it's a really tough struggle so that's the tough thing about doing in april you don't have the option of bailing out which is probably a good thing for me because (laughs) had i had the option of bailing out i probably would have (laughs) so what did you do about water did you bring that much water did you filter it i mean what what did you do with about it yeah so i knew which water stops were available so i okay I nor- I normally wouldn't carry as much water as I normally do. In this case, I did. So I I normally carry about uh, 40 to 50 ounces of water with me when I'm on a trail. In this case here, I probably, I think I had at a max probably around 100. So I knew that would carry me between some of the stops that I wouldn't have water stops. So, um, and, and that really helped just knowing that I needed to have the extra water. It slowed me down, but once again, it's not about time with me. It's just about the experience. So I wasn't worried about being weighted down with more, you know, supplies. Right, right. Oh, well, that's good. I mean, and at least you knew wh- where you could get it and which ones were closed and stuff like that. So you, so you, you were well prepared. Yep. So, so how long did it take you? So roughly running time. So Strava time and and actual time is a little bit different. So it took me roughly a little over 16 hours. My Strava time was 14 and a half hours. Um, I, I had a, you know, you always wonder what you can do it in. And I would have been happy to do it under 20 hours. So to, to do it in 16 and some change was really, I was far ahead of my time. So, um, you know, the, the time thing was a bonus for me, but just doing it was was the ultimate experience yeah that's a really good time that you should be very happy with that that's that's a great time (laughs) yeah that's really is well i love that well you really did and you did a great job filming it too because you held the camera i mean the camera was held you know when you were holding it it was it was nice and steady and and you've obviously had had a lot of practice doing it ahead of time and and the views were just spectacular uh, so it, you just did a great job with it. No, I, I appreciate that. In, in my biggest goal in capturing those moments probably are, are, are two two different things. Uh, one is to be an inspiration to other runners who don't think they can do that. So if you can give them a perspective that that I can share, like you know I'm a middle of the pack runner. I'm not a, a you know I'm a very average runner, and if I can share that with people and inspire people to maybe set a new goal and run rim to rim to rim or rim to rim or do something kind of crazy. Um, that, 
you know, that is just, that's such a great feeling to me. You know, I got a lot of messages from people that, that, uh, you know, were looking for a little assistance and, you know, can help them. And, and I was happy to do that, but, but two, um, you know, there'll be a day, you know, I'm 54 years old. There'll be a day when I can no longer run. I don't know when that day will be, but I do know that I'll have a lot of videos, a lot of photos, you know, when I can't run that I can just review over the years and say, you know, I remember that that was so much fun, you know, whether I'm in the old folks home or whatever, just looking back at those times, I think will be a really neat thing for me as an, as an old man in an old folks home. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, for sure. What was the hardest part of the course? Oh my goodness. (laughs) You know, that's a, you're asking such great questions. You know, <laughs> when, when I started, I, I, I'm not going to lie. Mentally, there was a mental struggle. Like, I don't know if I can accomplish this. So that mental, that mental, you know, uh, block at the beginning was just so rough of self-doubt. Um, and then probably, you know, I felt good. I, I had everything planned out. I, you know, I had the right hydration had the right uh, calories. I was doing everything right. But I started getting some blisters about probably 30, 35 miles in. So I had to fight some foot pain that I normally have not fought in the past. And then my feet got wet early on. So I think that kind of uh, added to the problem. So coming back, um, probably for the last 12, 13, 15 miles was really brutal, mainly because of the blisters. Um, not so much the elevation game because I get a lot of that here in Colorado, but, um, you know, the temperatures were great. I didn't have to fight uh, the extreme heat, but uh, the return trip uh, in the massive climb at the end uh, with blisters was uh, extremely painful, but um, that that was probably the toughest part. Yeah, I can imagine. Well, I've had blisters, so I don't have to imagine it. <laughs> I know, I know what that's like. Is when you get your feet I wet. I, counted, I think I counted seven blisters. Uh, oh, three days later. Yes. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> so, what type of camera did you use on it, or do you use for your for your filming? So I, so I just use my cell phone. I, I really? I, Are you kidding me? Really? I know a lot of a lot of people are really surprised. So I just I just have my cell phone and. Uh, and it works really, really good because I carry my cell phone wherever I go. So I don't have to carry any extra gear or cameras or batteries or anything like that. And uh, so, yeah, I just use my cell phone that day. So you just charge it as you, as you go? Because I would imagine that would use up use up the battery really fast. So in, in this case here, no, I didn't have to charge anything. I just put it in airplane mode um, okay. so it doesn't search for cell phone coverage. And right. I, 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 60% battery by the time I finished. So um, it, it, it was, and I had it on the whole time. So, wow. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, that's, see, that's ins- inspirational to me that you could do it with your, with your um, phone. I'd say I, th- I was thinking you had a GoPro or something like that. Nope. Nope. Wow. Very good. That's really, really cool. That, and that is really good to know that you don't need to buy a $300 camera to do oh. that. That's <laughs> awesome. I get that question a lot. Actually, people are like, "What kind of, what kind of camera do you use? What kind of GoPro?" And it's like, no, it's actually just my cell phone, and and put it in different modes, and just capture different moments, and then splicing things together, you know, uh, yeah. on my laptop when I get home. So it works out pretty good. 
that's what I have to remember is to put my phone into into airplane mode when I go for go on the trails. I always forget to do that, and because um, the it's, it's it's not the it's not the newest phone right now, so it uses up a lot a lot of the battery. So I have to remember to do that. So good yeah. good thing to remember. Um. Yep. So what what's that? They said a- absolutely. The airplane mode alone will save you a lot of time because or, or battery mainly because. It just drains so much battery searching for the network. Yeah, no kidding. Exactly. So what is your next big adventure? Oh, my goodness. Um, well, I, I'm, I'm trying to balance. I have to balance work life with um, running life, uh, home life. Um, I, I love racing cars. So I have a car that I've been putting in the track lately. So I've been doing that. Um, in, the, in the running world, uh, uh, I'm running the Leadville Heavy Half next, which is in um, in June, um, and then Pikes Peak Ascent in August, and then uh, Imogene Pass, which is a mountain trail race uh, outside Telluride uh, in September. So I got three races coming in the next okay. few months. Ever think of doing Leadville 100? Oh my goodness, uh, I get that question a lot. Uh, so I've run the Leadville Marathon and I've run the level it's a 50 miler they call it silver rush well, and I, I did that well yeah, see I the next the, step is the 100 then oh, man, I, I tell you after running the 50 mile leadville race that put a hurting on me like i've never <laughs> had before i mean it it was brutal <laughs> um, and after i finished that i realized that the leadville 100 is probably a little bit outside my reach i, I probably should yeah. attempt to do it but i'm one of those people that I like setting my goals and expectations a little lower and, and then overachieving as opposed to <laughs> extreme goals and then not meeting them. So um, you can train. You can train for it, though. I mean, you, you you can train. You can you can do you can do a couple hundred k's first, you know, and then get up, move up. I hear that from our friends all the time. You're like, oh, you can do it. You can just train and stuff. And but you know, I think it has to come for the right reasons. Yeah. And, Right now, those reasons are friends and kind of outside areas internally. I just don't have a desire to run the Leadville 100. And I I will do it in a heartbeat if my heart tells me to do so right now. It's just not there. Oh, I hear you. I hear you. You know, I I just just like to ask those questions and see see what you think, you know? (laughs) I I appreciate that because my friends and you inspire me to kind of want to do more. So so you're doing your part. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So what what advice do you give to others to keep them uh, running and being healthy? Uh, My my biggest advice uh, after running 10 years would be to keep running fun. Um, you can get really, really bogged down in the monotony of running based on pace, time, and mileage, and a whole bunch of other stuff. Um, I did that, and I got bogged down. I had training plans. Um, there was times I had Excel spreadsheets, and I had to run eight miles this day, and four this day, and 14 that day, and it wasn't fun anymore. It was like work. It was like me going to work and doing all these tasks and then doing the same thing in my running environment. And I nearly quit. Um, Trail running changed all that. Once I started doing trail running, I decided to throw out training plans and I run just 
off of body feel and heart rate. I don't focus on pace and time anymore. And I love that. So my advice to everybody out there that's that's kind of looking for a little inspiration to keep the running going is to keep running fun. How do you keep running fun? That's up to you. You know, what What inspires you with running? Is it the environment? Is it is it feeling better? Um, is it running steep uh, hills? Is it running distance? You, you find out what works for you. For me, it's really all about um, being in mountain air and steep climbs, not worrying about my pace. Yeah, that is a great, great way to look at things. And you're right. It has to be fun. If it's if it's a chore, I mean, we we all have jobs already. It can't be another job. Yeah. Well, you know, I I tell people the best training plan in the world means nothing if you don't follow it, right? Yeah, true. So true. You can have everything laid out in front of you, but if it's so monotonous and it, and you're not following it, the training plan means nothing. So figure yeah. something that works for you. And I, and I'm not one of the one of those people to tell you that that it's X Y Z that works for you. You have to figure that out for yourself. It's so true. Very true. Very true. Well, I have one last question that I ask all my running guests. If there's any race anywhere in the world, regardless of qualification or travel price, doesn't matter. What race would you do? <laughs> oh, my goodness. I wasn't, wasn't expecting that. You know, I probably would say uh, UTMB in Europe mainly because I, I follow a lot of mountain runners that have run that race out there. Um, not so much the distance. I'd probably be a little shorter distance, but, but being over, uh, over in Europe to run those, that race would be just so amazing. So probably UTMB over in Europe. Cool. Well, that is very awesome. Yeah, it's supposed to be pretty nice. But thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate it. And your stories are great. I'm just blown away that you did that with your camera, with your, with your phone, not with the camera, with your phone. I'm just, that blows me out of the water. Okay. <laughs> but well, really, I, thank you. No, but your, your story is, is really, really cool. And I'm sure a lot of people can, can relate to it. A lot of runners can relate to how you got started and everything. Thank you very, very much. I really appreciate it. And I hope you uh, have great success in all your, your films in the future and your runs and your cars and anything else that you do. Well, I appreciate that. And uh, thanks for taking the time to spend some time with me and kind of hear uh, an average runner story that just kind of looks forward to trying some crazy things. So I, I appreciate you uh, doing this and I wish you the best in the future. Well, thank you very much. And we'll talk soon. Thanks, dear. Thanks, Pete, very much. That was great. It it just astounds me that that quality of video work can be done with our phones, which means that I don't have to go out and buy a GoPro when I start doing camera work when I get all well after my surgery, which I do plan to do. I am recording now, as you know, I'm God, I'm such an amateur, I'll tell you. <laughs> but I want to do some some work when I go out running and walking after October. So I don't have to buy a whole GoPro. <laughs> okay, another cost I don't need. All right. Ah, yes, we have the next up, Tales of the Trail.
Welcome to Tales of the Trail. Yes, this is the section where I get to talk about running stories and news of running, or running in the news, I should say. Okay, just wanted a quick note here. Park runs are back in the UK, so if you are a dedicated fan of park runs, you can do them in the UK. I don't know if they're back here yet in the US, but I assume they will be back shortly, hopefully. So that's great news for everyone. Speaking of the UK, Damien Hall set a new record for Coast to Coast, completing the 185-mile route in a time of 39 hours, 18 minutes, and 40 seconds, which was 18 minutes quicker than Mike Hartley's record set in 1991. And that's a kind of a brutal course. It, there's lots of craggy hills and mountains and nasty weather to deal with. And if you want to check it out, I'll put a, a link to that on the website because it's kind of cool. The video was really fun to watch. And there was another 50K record broken on pavement just in late May in South Africa. It was on pavement. I think when they say the 50K record's being broken, they they need to put a, a little footnote saying it was on pavement, not trail. I just don't think it, it's the same thing at all. So there was a 50K race on pavement where Katima Nagasa broke the men's 50K record of a time of two hours, 42 minutes and seven seconds, which was, of, of course, amazing. It was on a picture-perfect day on smooth pavement. It wasn't a trail at all. It was pavement. It's very impressive, obviously. But it's just very disappointing that these 50K records are not on trails. They're a beautiful day on pavement. <laughs> it's a road race. It's with elites. It's not a, uh, it's not a trail. <laughs> I, I just... There's such a difference if they were setting these records on trails, single track trails, technical single track trails with lots of elevation gain. Let's say it was a 50K with 5,000 feet elevation gain, single track technical. I would be, whoa, majorly impressed. But it's pavement with no elevation, smooth, beautiful Beautiful weather, and I don't think this these 50K races would even be happening if it wasn't for the COVID lockdown. It wouldn't happen. I don't take anything away from athletes. That's great. But how about trying to break a record on single-track technical trails? How about that? Let's try that. I want to see that next. Let's do some record-breaking on single-track technical trails say that five times fast seriously that was hard <laughs> say that single track technical trails <laughs> gosh that was hard <laughs> all right i better stop while i'm ahead I 
I hope you enjoyed that. And I know that you know it's just my opinion. And if you have a different one, that's awesome and amazing. We all have opinions. We all have brains, so we all have opinions. I guess my opinions about the pavement 50Ks, it seems to be contrary to what is out there. But I know I'm not alone because I've talked to different people about it, and they seem to think the way I do. So I know I'm not the only one. Now about the buffs. You have to see these buffs. They're amazing. And I'll put a picture of them on the website. If you want to be a Patreon patron and help podcast, help the show, you will get one of these brand new buffs. If you donate $5 a month or $10 a month, you will get one. They're beautiful. They're a light blue background and then they've got the Martha Runs a World logo. And then they've got in the background, they've got the Martha Runs a World logo in little, little size. It's it's really cool. It's just a great buff. And it, I couldn't be happier. So you will get one of the brand new ones if you become a new Patreon patron. That's totally new. I just got them today. I went down and picked them up today at the FedEx office. I guess that's all I have. Oh, I also have one more thing. I am doing a new broadcast every Monday morning. I'm going to put out a brand new broadcast that I do on YouTube. It's the Martha Runs the World YouTube channel. It's it's I think it's Martha Hughes and Martha Runs the World. So take a look at that and look for that. I will put that out every Monday morning. I'll put a link for that out. I thought it was a good idea to do that just because it's a different way that I can communicate with you and get new people listening to the podcast, get new people checking out the website and the show. And I know I'll get better at it. I promise. (laughs) Like I said, when I start running, I'll be doing it from the trail or the road. So it'll be a little bit different than it is now, which I just do it from my desk in my apartment. Since I don't run or do that. Yeah, I have to kind of compromise it. So we'll see. All of Pete's information and links will be on the website, MarthaRunsTheWorld.com, as well as a link for my Patreon page. And if you want to email me, my email is MarthaRunsTheWorld at gmail.com. So please email me if you have any comments or or have suggestions for future shows because I do love them and I use them often, really. So until next week, let's tie up our shoelaces and go for a run. <laughs>